0: Welcome back, everybody, to NuttyBuddy Sports. I am your host, Ryan. And on today's episode, we are going to catch up with playoff basketball. Round one is in the books. We're going to get into round two. And what we're going to do is we're first going to talk about the teams who are no longer in the playoffs. And then we're going to talk about the round two matchups. And to do that with me, I have Chris with me. Chris, how's it going?
1: Uh, better. I've, I have I've went through the five stages of depression after the Bucks humiliated
0: themselves. And we've come out on the other side. Yeah, but remember, Chris, it wasn't a failure. It Yo, wasn't yeah. a failure. And MJ <laughs> failed a lot, too. I mean, Clint, yeah. Clint how's it going, man? Uh, similar. <laughs> I've, I've come
2: from the cocoon of life question my uh, purpose being here but uh <laughs> on to another day and uh go go nuggets
0: <laughs> this is why it's great to be like a lottery team guys is because during this time of year i'm just like ah <laughs> i can enjoy basketball i,
2: I know i've texted i text you during some of those games and i'm like well, sports are dumb why did i even get into this it's just so much better <laughs> you could just watch a game and be like oh this is exciting instead i have yeah. to stand in my living room
1: embarrassed as my son just goes to bed silent. Like what just happened? <laughs> I was, I was talking to people Wednesday night before the game started and they're like, Oh, how are you doing? And I'm like, okay, right now, I'm going to be very upset in about two hours from now.
0: <laughs> but <I'm Okay>. gonna... <laughs> we're we're going to talk <laughs> but... a little bit about your team, but I kind of ask you, I'll ask start with you, Chris, how um, they had a 16 point lead, the Bucks, going mm-hmm. into the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. How were you feeling in that moment? That's what I want to know.
1: I, uh, I was feeling pretty good at the start of the fourth quarter and it was basically gone within a minute or 90 seconds. Um, as soon as Giannis uh, had a pull up three pointer with like 10 minutes to go, I said, this is over with, they're going to lose because they just completely, you, once Giannis starts doing pull up jumpers, you know that the offense is, there's no plan. <laughs> and they're, they've let off the gas because they did the exact same thing uh, Monday night mm-hmm. and they sh- came out and started playing the exact same way at the start of the fourth quarter. I said, this is over. They're going to, the Heat are going to win. So yeah. I was pessimistic immediately.
0: Yeah. It's crazy. They get into their ISO uh, basketball and offense so much. Uh, Clint, did you feel sort of the same way at, at 16 point lead? Uh, I'm quite often the pessimist. And I figured
2: I was, I was hoping it would be 16 when we cleared the six minute mark and then I would start feeling better. But yeah, I went I went from, okay, 16, they missed a bunch of shots, but Miami went like two minutes. I think there was no points for the first two minutes, and I'm like, all right, well, Miami's not scoring, and then they had like mm-hmm. seven straight, and when Kevin Love hit that three from the top, and I was like, well, oh, here we go. <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah, uh, and then uh, w- when you were watching the last play on full, Fold and Regulation, when, um, not the last play, but the play before the last play, when did you when Jimmy caught the pass, the inbound pass? Mm-hmm. Did you guys know it was going in at that point? Oh, yeah, I, well, yeah.
1: yeah I,
2: I just when they pulled Brooke Lopez from the game, I was like, Well, this is going right at the rim. Like, who's back yep. there? Who, who's back there? Like, you could. And the pass mm-hmm. from Gabe Vincent was like a pop fly to center field, like, he just lofted it. No one could get back, then no one's gonna out jump Jimmy Butler for it. So, mm-hmm.
0: It yep. did look like Pat Connington kinda of got in Drew Holiday's way, I will say that. But yeah, it was uh yeah, I, I figured it once Jimmy Butler touched the ball, I'm like, oh, that's gone. <laughs> it's just that. OK, well, let's let's talk about we'll, we'll get to the box. We'll talk a little bit more about them. But I want to say goodbye, so to speak, to these teams that all been eliminated from the playoffs. So I kind of was thinking it this way, like, you know, how it's going to get a little bit morbid here. You know, you have your gravestone when someone dies. And the first sentence is kind of like you put it on their gravestone or their tombstone. So this is kind of what I want to do to sort of end these team season is what would we what phrase or word would we use to put on that that sort of tombstone to with uh with, with each team and then it kind of gives us a glimpse of what we think about them moving into the next year so let's do that let's start in the west we'll talk about the wolves first let me start with you clint was there a word or phrase that you would use to describe that team uh yeah i wrote down what's the
2: plan here
1: <laughs>
2: like mm-hmm. I, 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 they they showed signs but again Rudy Gobert is not on the same timeline as Edwards. And it was apparent as as young as Edwards is, and he had his ups and downs last year and this year. Um, By the time he's who you want him to be, uh, I don't know if Rudy Gobert (laughs) is going to play more than 15 minutes in some of these games. So to Mm -hmm. me, it's just, I don't know what the plan is here going forward to give all that up for a guy that um, Mm -hmm. if he's not punching a teammate, he's not, you know, he can't play (laughs) in some of these matchups.
1: It's just.
0: Yeah. Yeah. definitely. How, how about you, Chris? What would you say is the...
1: Yeah, I, I co-sign all that. I guess my phrase would probably be like, no future with this four. <laughs> uh, I I like Ant as much as next person. I think he's great. He had some very good games considering the circumstances. Um, I don't know if they can keep Cat with him because as far as uh, offensively skilled Towns is, he still is not getting any smarter he commits the dumbest fouls you've ever seen in your life and just kills all their momentum and gets himself taken out of the game because he's has five fouls in the fourth quarter. He fouls out. And obviously, you know, we we are all, I think, on the same page about Gobert. He's just overrated and they gave up way too much for him. So I don't see this core being anything more than a eight seed at best in the future.
0: Yeah, that's sort of what I thought as well. Um so would you guys say, so the last two games, the Wolves won, I think the the game four, and then they almost won game five. Mm-hmm. Are you both saying, because it seemed like they they found themselves, are you saying that might be more fool's gold than actual what they could be moving forward? Go ahead, Clint. Yeah,
2: I, I just think Denver let off a little bit. Anthony Edwards had some big games, but mm-hmm. like in the crunch time, especially that was a game six was the last one especially in the crunch time, like as Chris was saying, Carl Anthony Towns, just, he had nothing, you know, they got up into him. He's slow, which is fine for a big guy, but he's kind of, kind of a one trick pony. And I just think you saw what you needed to out of Anthony Edwards, which is their encouragement, but the rest mm-hmm. of it is, is not uh, up to par.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, my, 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 um my phrase was working relationship uh, that would describe their season to me. It's one of those on again, off again relationships where it just didn't seem they could ever get chemistry. Somebody was always injured and then they finally got all of them on there. And then it was, they were throwing punches at each other on the sideline and then they were defending one another. So it was like, remind mm-hmm. me like a couple that is always up and down, up and down. I don't know if they want to get rid of cat and I don't think they can get anything for go bear. So it's like, this is going to be a working relationship, including moving forward. So let's talk about that real briefly. Chris, what do you think the wolves should do going into next year, this off season? Oh uh, boy. That's a good one. Yeah. Like you said, they,
1: they got to find a way to, I mean, what's, what's their draft capital to try to make a trade to package Gobert and just go, you know what? That was a mistake. You know, I, I don't think anyone likes him. I think, he's a total jerk and it's just proven that he can't get along with his teammates. Um, You know, they're, they're young, like wing guys are okay. Uh, Conley is a pretty good veteran point guard for what he brings, but you know, Torian Prince, you know, I forget Kyle Anderson. There's just a lot of like C grade players. Uh, I don't know. Like I said, I don't see just much of a future for this core
0: yeah, they got that guys. McDaniels that got injured, too, so he'll yeah. be back. But I like him, yeah. but um, yeah, I'm with you. I don't know what they do except try to get rid of Bear. Okay, let's move on to Memphis, then. Let's start this time with Chris. What's the phrase or, uh, or where would you describe the Memphis uh, Grizzlies? Uh, humble pie, probably. <laughs> That's, <good. laughs> That's a good one. I like that one. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, I think we said it kind of – Uh, When we did the preview, they're way too confident and cocky uh, for this whole half of the season for being a team that hasn't won anything. Um, I don't know what Dylan Brooks is thinking. Like, don't poke the bear with LeBron. Like, he already is the best. He already wants to destroy you. Remember who you are. (laughs) Why are you trying to give that guy more motivation? And this wasn't even, like, the best LeBron series but you know that he's firing his teammates up um so hopefully memphis now realizes that uh, they're not as hot as they think they are and come back more hungry next year and less entitled
0: yeah i i put young and dumb (laughs) that's that was their their motto this year i feel like it's just like They just, they just, they they didn't just poke the Lakers. I felt like they were that team that like poked every team. They just thought like Mm -hmm. they did it to the Warriors all year. It was just like, Mm -hmm. they just always thought that they were better than the team across the court. And they kind of like showed that. And I think it's, it's mainly led by Dylan Brooks. Like you said there, Chris, uh, Clint, what about you?
2: I put talked before they walked.
0: That's a good (laughs) one. Yeah. You know, they just,
2: you know, you run your mouth, which, which is fine. Like, I think you, Mm -hmm. you gotta be confident. Yeah. And throw a little bit out here, here, and there. If you want to have a thing with the Warriors from time to time, fine. But, you know, you should probably win some of these games before you do it. Like, dispatch them in the playoffs, and then you can mm-hmm. – you know, as annoying as Klay Thompson can be holding up the four rings all the time, you're like, all right, what are you going to mm-hmm. do? The guy won four rings, all right? Like, they they, they <laughs> got there. They won it. Um, so they just need to take it down a notch because I think it just – when you do that and then it starts going south, it snowballs because yeah. if you're Dylan Brooks and you're running your mouth, like those last two or three games, it gets in your own head. Cause you know what you did and you're out here three feet short on a three pointer and you know, that rattles mm-hmm. in your head. Like I just said all of this and you're just mm-hmm. putting so much more pressure on yourself and your team that I think it snowballs on them. And when things go rough, then you turn to the like, well he didn't shut if he would shut up over there maybe maybe LeBron wouldn't be coming at us right now in the fourth quarter
1: yeah
0: that's fair that's fair okay what what where do they go from here Clint then what what would you say is the next step for Memphis moving forward I said it earlier
2: in the year I think they need to do something like more of an all-in move I personally Mm -hmm. would get rid of Dylan Brooks I know he serves a purpose on that team but I think he's too much of a wild card that you can't You need to reel him in, but he needs to be that level of crazy to be effective. But I I just Mm -hmm. think – I know they're young and they draft good, but I I thought for most of this year and probably going forward, they need to make that one kind of go-for-it move because these seasons pass. And we saw with John Morant, like, he looks great, but, you know, one fall
0: (laughs) he's kind of a reckless player, so Mm – Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do with Dylan Brooks. I think he's either, I think he's a free agent this year. Um, And if I'm Memphis, I let him go and just start Brandon Clark when he gets healthy. And like you said, there's still that uh, potential that they do that one all in in move, um, which we said that they should have done at the beginning of the season, like you mentioned. Okay. Let's uh, talk about the Clippers, the Clippers. What phrase, Clint, do you have for the Clippers?
2: All I could think of was big yikes. Like, oh, <laughs> I feel so bad watching those games. It just—it it feels just like another year where you watch that series in the Suns. And if Paul George and Kawhi Leonard play, um, I think they <laughs> handle the Suns pretty easily. But it's another year. It's a meniscus in the same knee. And he tore his ACL. Hey, I don't know how many times you can do this before you slow down, like Kawhi, he slowed mm-hmm. down a little. This year still looks great in spurts, but mm-hmm. it's it's kind of, for Luke, it's kind of depressing. Like the Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, like each year that they try to preserve these guys, and then you tear your meniscus at the end of game one, I don't know what you have going forward.
0: Yeah, it was sad, wasn't it? I think even if Kawhi would have just been healthy, that series they probably win it. Just, just but based off this, what happened in that series? What about you, um, Chris? What do you have for their word or phrase? Um, I guess mine
1: would be kind of looking at the past and looking toward the future, but I would say time travel and don't give Kawhi a four-year extension last summer <laughs> when you know that his knee is made of you know dust or cardboard or however you want to say it. Um you just you can't I know it's the new NBA where your 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 player best player is gonna play sixty-five games max, but you just can't give these big contracts to guys that are just constantly injured and then well things you know you'll load manage them all the way to the playoffs, and we're finding the load management doesn't matter. If you're gonna get hurt, you're gonna get hurt. And some, you know, some of it's obviously fluky, but guys like Kawhi and even Embiid. They just are not durable. You can't rely on them. So that, that's my, what I have to say for them.
0: Yeah, I, I have a life is tough, get a helmet or a <laughs> knee braces. That's that's what I meant to put knee braces uh, because both their injuries were knee related. Um, it, uh, Paul George's injury was a little bit more fluky because somebody ran into his knee versus mm-hmm. like the Kawhi thing, which is the scary part. I do agree mm-hmm. with you. I don't know if I would assign mm-hmm. Kawhi to the extension, but then I also ask, well, what do you do with that then? Like, because mm-hmm. they're over the cap. It's not like he, he even if they lost Kawhi, their cap, they're still over the cap. So they, they would have to like sign and trade or something like that. And what is Kawhi's mm-hmm. value at this point? So I feel like the Clippers are definitely stuck in a rock in a hard place. Mm-hmm. So speaking of yeah. being stuck, why don't we go to Chris? What would you do next year if you're the Clippers? Um, how about I ask, answer that with another question? Do you
1: keep Russell Westbrook? Or do you think that this was a fluke because like, he had to be the guy? Can he settle, let's say Kawhi and Paul George come back. Is he going to be fine being a number three? I guess that's the internal decision they have to make. If this was a rebound to the old way or if this was a two-week, two-week spurt of throwback and then it's going to go bad again as soon as you bring him back or you know I forget what his uh what his if he's a free agent or if he's a restricted free agent or what his uh status is you'll, you'll have to enlighten me on that but
0: yeah he is a free agent because he only yeah, signed right.
1: the right okay that's the what minimum. I thought.
0: yeah, yeah um if I were the Clippers here's the thing Russ actually wasn't bad with, on the, the entire year mm. for the Clippers because Ty yeah. kind of controlled him. He like, right. if you're starting to play bad, I'm not going to play you in the second half of games. If you're having a good game, I'm going to play you. The other thing is, is he had two really good games with Kawhi Leonard. So the question mm. really is, is can he play with Paul George and Kawhi? That would be the yeah. question. Um, I think he's a better fit on the Clippers because part of the reason why it didn't work with the Lakers is they had zero shooting and LeBron was the other guy on the, the team. So it's like, if you're playing with LeBron James, who needs the ball all the time and cannot shoot the ball, how are you supposed to also be, <laughs> you know, need the ball all the time and you can't shoot the ball as well. So if I'm the Clippers, I think I'd bring him back. I also say the Laker experiment with Russ was dead from the start when everybody found out they could have traded for Buddy Heald and whatever. And everyone's like, why did you trade for Westbrook then, you know, and give up everybody. Mm-hmm. And then everybody basically wanted to trade him about a month in anyway. So uh, mm-hmm. I definitely would would I would bring Russ back, but we'll see what happens there. I also told Luke the other thing I would do, get a big that can shoot the ball, because mm-hmm. if you can spread the court and make it less congested and then again, the only guy on the court is that can't shoot is Russ, that's yeah. going to open things up better for Kawhi and Paul George and Russell. Mm-hmm. So get a big that can shoot the ball. Um yeah. I,
1: yeah, if you could get someone that's younger and quicker and replace Morris and Covington and have someone do the same things they do, just younger and better, and I also thought this was kind of a tough series for Zubac, Zubac, Zubac. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, he just did not look very good at all to me against Aiton who's Aiden's you know Pl- Plumlee, not the greatest he's a solid player but yeah probably yeah Plumlee better be
0: nice. yeah. Yeah. I actually would like to see Covington get more minutes I mean I could talk about that yeah. series like he only played like eight minutes in the entire series and he poked mm-hmm. he like was more disruptive on defense and Marcus was all series whenever he played mm-hmm. so I don't understand that Covington hatred uh, and mm-hmm. the ref, the refs were much better in game five than they were in game three and four. I just want to point that mm-hmm. out because I did complain a lot about mm-hmm. the officiating in game three and four. Um, okay. Let's talk about the Kings. Uh, Clint, uh, let's start with you here. Uh, what's the word or phrase that you have for the Kings? I just put Sabonis as an 82 game player,
2: <laughs> not a playoff player. That's and, great. you know, you just, especially like the game, the last couple of games, even today, I, I was watching that game. He looked horrendous for m- most of the game. And then you're like, oh, he had like 26 points, eight rebounds, seven assists. It's just one of those where you look at the numbers, you're like, wow. Well, he put up numbers. But if you watch that game, they just, they didn't respect him. He lost confidence in just taking a one dribble, 17 foot jumper that, you know, I feel like during the regular season, you watch him, he at least takes it. Um, mm-hmm. but just his defense, you know, he tries at times, his offense. It's a lot of uh, kind of gimmicky, you know, like they do the handoffs because the Warriors were, you know, dropping so high, but the Warriors were good at getting over that screen. So he, he's a really good player, but it's worrisome mm-hmm. if you're the Kings, like sure you took golden state to seven games and maybe if mm-hmm. you played a different team. It would look a little better, but you know, that's the guy you traded for. Mm-hmm. He gave up probably a top 10 guard to get him. Mm-hmm. And it's good season for the Kings, but that made me nervous watching that, you know, you're going to tie your wagon to that guy going forward.
0: Uh, yeah, that that was a little nerve wracking to watch him in the playoffs. Chris, what is your voter phrase? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I co-sign all that. I guess I'd say keep on keeping on because your young core is so good. I don't know if you have to shake it up too much. I would maybe so the, the oldest guy out of all their, you know, top nine in the rotation is Harrison Barnes. And he was not much in this series. So I would say probably if you could find a way to replace Harrison Barnes with more of a defensive player, because that is kind of, you know, they're all offense, not much defense. Although I, I do think they actually did buckle down for the most part in the series. They performed better than I thought they would against Golden State. um, Try to find a wing and replace Barnes. And then everyone is going to get better. Murray's going to get better. Mitchell's going to get better. Fox is, you know, the best fourth quarter player in the league. Sabonis, get in the gym and work on your free throws. (laughs) Work on your mid-range jumper. You know, Monk is improving. He's kind of reaching his potential. So I think they're in very good shape for the future. But Maybe just more a little more defense.
0: In yeah,
1: terms.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. My my phrase is yeah uh, that that um, GIF or gif of uh, the Joker going and here we go. That's, that's mm-hmm. sort of the phrase I would use because I feel like this is just a good starting off point for them. Uh, they'll have to mm-hmm. figure out the Barnes and Sabonis part of it. Um, but I think we're starting, like, I, I, I think that they that teams are going to eventually learn that if you don't have like a top three center in the league, you do not pay your centers because they mm-hmm. get played off the court way too much. Uh unless yeah. if you have Embiid or Jokic, it's like and, and bam, bam would be the other one. But any other center, I just like I'm not paying a lot of money just because they get put paid off the court. Um mm-hmm. what where do they go from here, Clint? What what would you do if you were the Kings?
2: I think they're I don't know if they'll do it. Like when I was thinking of what would fit for their team, you know, Harrison Barnes is kind of aging out. They need that size, like wing four, three, four, could play five. I think I think. Um, Ananobi would be a good fit on this mm. team, especially mm. against the Warriors, because you could play him down to a five <laughs> when they're playing Draymond at the five. And that keeps, you know, he's a good enough shooter, but I think they need to, they need to come up with a better small ball solution than Trey Lyles, which he played, he played good in this game, but mm-hmm. Lyles, uh, Harrison Barnes, like they have their limitations, one due to age, one due to just overall talent so I, I think they need a wing that they can count on either offensively or defensively but someone with a little size that they could put in a, a small ball four or five
0: yeah 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 well yeah that's good I, I can't uh we'll see what they do i'm pretty excited for the kings moving forward okay let's go to the east the hawks uh clint what's your um phrase or word for the hawks
2: Uh, I mean, I guess Trey Young showed – I couldn't think of a catchy one for the the Hawks. I tried to, like, jab a knife into the Hawks because I'm not a big (laughs) Trey. But I guess Trey Young showed something the last couple of games. So, um, I don't know if that was the Celtics just uh, trying to do their best Milwaukee Bucks impersonation for a couple (laughs) of games. But Trey Young, he, he showed something.
0: So mm-hmm. something young, I guess. Eh? Yeah, How, about yeah. you? How about you? How <laughs> about Chris? What's your word or phrase that you for the the Hawks? Um. Yeah,
1: I don't have anything real catch either. How about spare change? As it we'll trade John Collins for spare change. <laughs> that's good. We've been trying to trade him for two years, and it hasn't worked. Will someone please just do us a favor and get rid of him?
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's good. I have. Uh, <laughs> don't Murray Young. <laughs> which is sort of a cautionary tale. They put all their assets into this Trey young bread basket and they short sort of have to live with it. They committed to Trey young. Uh, you're right, Clint. He did show something. I would say it, it was concerning in the second half of the last game, he was like two of 14 or something like that in the second half of that last game. And he did get some good looks. And so I just wonder if his legs finally gave out on him because he was, you know, doing a lot. Uh, but it, it's sort of like again, they invested all this the coaching, everything into what Trey wanted. And then all of a sudden the season just kind of fell apart and they didn't meet expectations. And then they they lost this uh series in six, um, five or six, I can't remember. Six? Six. six. Yeah. So so um yeah, just don't Murray young, young ones. Just don't do that. Just remember that. <laughs> don't commit when you're too young. Okay. Uh, what should the Hawks do moving forward, Chris?
1: Well, I think they did a nice job hiring Quinn Snyder. I just saw that he cleaned out the coaching staff, and he's going to bring his own guys there. Um, uh, I think he's a pretty solid coach. Um, I think they're also kind of locked in with this core group of guys, and I don't see a big change for them to make right now. And they're probably, I, you know. Yeah, like Clint said, Young gets kind of a lot of uh, disdain for kind of his play style or whatever. I think this is just a classic like seven seed ceiling team. Like they're, they're good enough to get in the playoffs and win a couple games, but none of them really here are championship level players. So I don't know. Like I said, I think they're kind of just locked in with these eight guys and there's not a lot of room to maneuver with who they have.
0: Yeah, I wonder if there's like a trade they can do. Like with um they got Bodonovic and mm-hmm. um Hunter and, and like if you can just kind of up like do a two for one and upgrade a position, something like that. But yeah, it's other mm-hmm. other than that, they can't make any big shakeups unless if they're willing to trade Trey Young, but I don't think they can. Atlanta loves him, so um mm-hmm. yeah, that'd be too hard. Um Cavs. What do you got for the Cavs? Uh Chris. Uh, the
1: Cavs, um uh, probably get in the gym, <laughs> uh, <laughs> they got bullied by New York, uh, in a way I didn't quite see. I knew New York was a tough team, but I mean, they really kind of just imposed their will. Uh, Mitchell Robinson had like the best stretch of games of his life. Um, you know, Evan Mobley is supposed to be like a top three or four defensive player in the league. And he kind of just was non you know he wasn't necessarily bad it just didn't have that much of an impact on the series um so yeah get get in the gym bulk up get in the paint don't get pushed around
0: yeah yeah let's do that um how about you clint
2: uh, just put reality check i think it their regular season was great they had a top defense their defense was solid in the series but i think they got a a reality check of the difference between the regular season and the playoffs. And I think, especially for Evan Mobley, just his, his size and his lack of offense, I think really, Mm -hmm. and you know, the, the Mobley, Jared Allen works fine, but one of those, and it's not going to be Jared Allen. So Evan Mobley has Mm -hmm. to shoot. He's got to become a decent, respectable shooter because outside of that in the playoffs, um, it's great to have two big guys that are good on defense, but if they can't mm-hmm. do anything besides score from 10 feet and in, it really, it really puts a cramp on the guards that you have because there's just guys standing mm-hmm. there there.
0: Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. I agree with that. I have a wet behind the ears. Just, I think like you mentioned, Chris, uh, they're inexperienced. Well, you both mentioned it. Your their inexperience mm-hmm. showed up, like get to the gym. Now, you know what playoff basketball is about, you know, you, you didn't, you didn't understand the difference between regular season and playoffs. Now you understand it. So the experience is nice. And I, I do agree with you, Clint. He, he, some, one of those bigs got to learn how to shoot. I also think the fact that you have two guards and that are six, one and, and shorter, it's, it, it showed in this series that helped. you know, no matter how much you try on defense, people are bigger than you. Um, and that kind of showed, so they need, I think they just need a wing, a three and D wing, like every other team, basically somebody who can pick up a guard like Brunson 90 feet from the basket and, 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 you know, slow him down a little bit, something like that. But, uh, uh, which I guess goes into our next thing about where do they go next? Um, Clint, where do you think they go next? Uh, the calves,
2: I think similar to the Hawks, like they have a good, um, foundation, or you could say frame of a team, but they gave, they also, they gave a lot up for Mitchell. The Hawks gave a lot up for Murray. So, you know, they need, they need a three guy. (laughs) They need a forward and Mm -hmm. that's hard to come by. And with the assets you have and, you know, the money you're going to have to put into, you know, keeping Mitchell and Garland coming up and Mobley. So they have to do whatever they can to get a decent respectable three man that can shoot. Um, you know, I wouldn't overly worry about defense too much, especially if you can get Mobley in the gym, get his offense, at least a mid-range you know, jumper consistently so you can move him around, but they they need scoring on the wing besides just hoping mm-hmm. that Donovan Mitchell can go for 40 or that Darius Garland mm-hmm. can go for 40.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, correct. Yeah, I agree. Okay, the Nets. What do you got for the Nets, Chris? What's your... Uh... Uh,
1: perpetually little brother no matter what happens they're never going to be more important than the Knicks in that market I don't yeah, know there's great. not a lot to say about this series that was not very competitive
0: yeah that's great that's great uh Clint
2: I think it should just come with like the Patrick Beverly meme where he's just going too small,
1: too small. <laughs> they're just,
2: they were too small for, I think they were too small for I mean any of the series whoever they would have matched up with um mm-hmm. in the east they so just they don't have the size and they got a bunch of wings. And I don't know, from my point of view, their their game plan against the uh, Sixers was uh, not ideal. Not that they were going to win that series, but a little different than I thought they were going to do. But, I, you know, they're just they got a box of toys. They got to figure out how to organize them.
0: Yeah, uh, I have happy to be, be invited. Happy to, to be invited <laughs> uh, just because it's like, yeah. You know, they 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 kind of got in off the backs of what KD and Kyrie were able to mm-hmm. build up for them up to that point. and And uh, yeah, they really shouldn't have been in the playoffs, uh, but uh, they were there. So <laughs> that happened. Um, mm-hmm. Where do they go from here, Chris? Probably back to the lottery. And <laughs> they've got to uh, do their picks.
1: No, they, they got, yeah. They, well, they got to hope that Mike, Mikael Bridges develops into like a star and I think he's very good, but he's 26. So, you know, I think he's perpetually going to be like a third option or second option at best. Um, Beyond that. I mean, uh, Cameron Johnson's nice. He's also 26. Claxton actually played a pretty decent series, all things considered until he got kicked out of that one game. Uh, He's 23. Um, yeah, they just got a lot of, they, they, I don't know how long Joe Harris is under contract. They got to finally, they got to cut the cord with that. Cause that's going nowhere. Um, they got a lot of, a lot of guards.
0: <laughs> yeah. My, my thing is like just garage sale. Let's just, let's just yeah. start over. I think Cam Johnson yeah. might be a, a free agent too, after this year.
1: Okay. So
0: I would just, I just sell everybody like, let's get as yeah. many assets as I can. Because really, in the hypothetical world of Bill, um, not Bill, but Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons, uh, if he was Ben Simmons at 22, this would actually be a pretty solid team for him to be on with a bunch Mm -hmm. of wing scorers, Seth, Seth Curry, and uh, a bunch of, yeah, a bunch of guys who can spread the court, a bunch of defenders, but you don't got that guy. You don't got the guy who can like just take over games and, 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 and navigate things. So um, just so you guys know, that's Chris. Uh, he's excited because I think Florida scored and my, that means they beat Boston, right? Yes, they did. Okay, so... <laughs> so that was uh, hockey five second hockey.
2: <laughs> it's not the Boston Bruins; it's the Boston Bucks, baby, blowing it in the first round.
0: <laughs> That's great, but anyway, yeah. So I think a fire sale. I would just sell everybody and get as much assets as I can. Go ahead, Clint. Yeah, I, when I was, if, if, I don't. I'm. I like their. I can talk. I swear. I like their kind of
2: pieces: Claxton, Bridges, Cam Johnson they need a point guard to me. Like you watch Spencer Dinwiddie do the one-on-one show for 20 seconds of the shot clock is painful. Mm
1: -hmm. I
2: I don't know what guard they can go get, but I I thought if you had that team with some of the wings they have, if you had a good point guard, I think you could be a respectable team. They need some size too, because Claxton, (laughs) I mean, he's really good, but he's not uh, going to the gym. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So I would agree. I think, I would go into it trying to shoot for a point guard. Maybe you can salvage and have a mid, you know, bottom playoff team, you know, for a couple of years. But if you can't get a point guard, like you might as well just start selling these off and play down the road.
0: Yeah. I just don't know. Yeah. Like what point guard could they get? Like that's going to make that big of a difference. That's a problem. And then who, if you're going to trade for that big of a name, are you going to be able to salvage enough of your team to to get that, you know, make it worth it. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, let's go to our favorite team here, the Milwaukee Bucks. I saved them for last. Um, so let me start with mine because I'm not the Bucks fan. So I, I, uh, for, for my word or phrase to describe them adjustments, not our style. That's what I put. That's what we learned. Uh, so it, it was just a hard watch The especially the last game. I didn't get to see all the, the game, um, game, uh, four. Game four when they blew the first lead. I mm-hmm. got to see all of game five. And when they went in a 16-point lead and they did nothing but isolation basketball, n- refusing to cover uh, double Jimmy or like hard double him once he touched the ball or trap him, n- no, no adjustments on Jimmy Butler. I'm just like, my word the coaching in this series is awful. Now I did hear that, uh, Bud's sister died or something like that. Did you guys hear about that brother? Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. but I don't want to be, uh, mean to him, but his coaching, Mm -hmm. I'm just saying that he's just not the best game to game adjustments or in game adjustment coach. And Mm -hmm. I think really the bucks really should move on. And it feels a little heartless saying that right now, but that's where I am at. Uh, Let's go. He with coached him.
1: four bad games before that happened. So 80% of the series was before that. So C-
0: cor- correct. Uh Clint, what was your word or phrase you used for your, your team there? Please get a new coach.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'll just I'll just ask you. How many times did the Bucks double Jimmy Butler in five games? One time. Seven times in five in so, okay. four of those. Four of those. We're in the first half of, I believe it was game two. Mm-hmm. How, many, how many possessions did Giannis play at center in his two and a half games? That's a zero. 12, 12 okay. possessions. <laughs> so you just look at that. And as I've said before, I am fine with letting one guy just go crazy. Like when Jimmy Butler had 56, doesn't actually bother me. What bothers me is you still let Gabe Vincent uh-huh. Just pick you off from the corner. You still let Max Shrews come around screens. You let the skeleton of Duncan Robinson come off the bench and just drop wide open shots. Cause you're in a deep drop. If, if you're going to let Jimmy Butler go, that's fine. I, that actually doesn't buy. I know that bothers a lot of people, but if you're going to do that, the other people can't be open. Uh-huh. You just cannot leave corners open or dives open or back cuts open. And I know we're beating a dead horse with adjustments and yeah, his brother died before the game. Like you feel, I understand all of that, but you just, you can't go two games when you're up 12 and when you're up 16 and just not call timeouts, even when the heat are making runs, not call timeout with that. I know there was a half a second left. I bet you they would have put more time on the clock because I think there probably would have been like 0.9 seconds regardless. Mm-hmm. You don't call timeout in overtime after the first you know pass, Middleton didn't take that three. You got to call timeout. Mm-hmm. It just it's so frustrating because you understand like you're the number one seed. So you don't want to do the whole, oh, Miami is dictating to us. But from the minute game one started, when you saw the starting lineup in game one, Miami's obvious strategy, their only strategy for the series is we got to jack threes. And mm-hmm. the Bucks didn't come off of that once. Mm-hmm. Didn't you know you put Bobby Portis out there? He's not a great defender. You got to switch when you have Bobby mm-hmm. Portis. They did it in the finals. They put him one on one against Chris Paul. It's gonna look ugly sometimes, but you know what? The team is gonna focus on trying to go one on one. You don't do that. You can stay in a drop. You can't stay in a deep drop the whole time. Mm-hmm. Got to come up to the level. Like all of these stupid little things, and you just watch it going. I felt like we solved this two years ago. We played a worse Miami team and just blew them off the court by Mm -hmm. just putting Giannis at the five and just switch everything. Just switch everything. (laughs) Against Phoenix. Like it's so frustrating that the whole you just watched the series. And despite that, game one was a you know fairly close. Miami pulled it off. Game two, you blew them off the court. Game three, apparently the Bucs didn't know there was a game that day. That was ugly but game four and game five majority of those games is what I expected for the series. You're up 12 Mm -hmm. great. Miami's trying, but they can only do so much. And then like you said, we don't have a plan. We're just going to dribble around, look at the clock for 20 seconds, take a step back. And then again, you wait till Miami goes on a nine Oh run to start the fourth. Then you call your timeout and it's a four point game or a five point game. And you know, everyone's cheeks get tight because they're worried about what happened. So it's just – I don't know how you keep your coach after that. Just, It's, it's literally the same thing minus one year where they got lucky because P.J. Tucker told Bud to shut up two or three times in the playoffs, and they just mm-hmm. switched everything, and they ignored Bud, and that's why they won a championship. But the other four years, mm-hmm. it's literally the same thing every year.
0: That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris, go ahead.
1: <laughs> uh, I guess my phrase was, have we peaked? because this is a very old team. I think this is like the oldest team in the NBA or it's pretty close to it. And, uh, everyone basically took a step back or is taking steps back and they have no or very little trade assets to work with. They have zero draft capital for like six years. They got no first round picks until like 2028. Um, they traded five second round picks for Jay Crowder, who Bud had planted on the bench.
0: Um, what was with that, by the way? That's like I was gonna. That was one of the questions I was gonna ask. Would be like, does Bud hate Crowder as much Bud, as Ty Lue hates Robert yeah. Cummington? <laughs> or what was it? Bud picks his rotation before the start
1: of the series and will not change no matter what. Who his seven or eight guys are? I mean, in the if you remember the Brooklyn series in when we won the championship, Bobby Portis played like, I mean, he was like, do not, uh, did not play coach's decision like three times in that series. Um, now maybe it wasn't the best series for him, but he was a instant energy, instant offense. <laughs> he just, you know what? We're not going to play him. Um, So I, I don't think like Jay Crowder, when he was in, he performed all that well, but I guess when you're getting absolutely scorched on defense, like why not just throw him in there and see what he can do. Uh, Javon Carter, I feel really bad for him because he was, I mean, he was a starter like half the season and uh, he played, played 49 minutes over four games. So he had a, did not play coach's decision. It's like, I know he can't play – he's too small to play against Jimmy. I understand that. But, again, if Gabe Vincent and Max Struess and Lowery are lighting you up, throw Carter in there and just see what he can do because whatever you're doing is not working –
0: that that's one of my biggest problems I don't get about NBA. Ty Lue did this too when Booker was like going off on the Clippers. It's like you have Robert Covington. Can we just see what he can do for like a half on on, on Booker? Like, why don't you do that with Jimmy and Crowder? Like, just throw Crowder, throw throw Giannis on him. They they wanted Drew to cover him the entire time, and when it wasn't mm-hmm. working, it's not there with no epiphany. And I will, I will say this: mm-hmm. the small ball lineup like that you could have had theoretically with the team that the Bucks had. Would have been, I think, pretty good with Crowder and Ingles and and mm-hmm. Holiday. You know, and with Giannis at center and Bobby Portis, and at least you could score a lot. You know, depending on how well uh, Crowder mm-hmm. shoots, but at least you could score a lot. But yeah, I, I, it was it was bad. Go ahead, Clint. Yeah, it, the problem was
2: Bud was playing Crowder and Ingles as guards. Yes. Yeah, you know, he, he was. You, you, right? You want Brook Lopez to play, but you need to even in that game too, and I I, I was texting you too in a couple of those, as soon as the Bucs went to a one big man, four smalls, there's nothing Miami can do to stop them defensively.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: if you want to say, like, when the Bucs offense slowed down in that, just put Giannis at the five and put shooters because Miami had no size underneath. And yes, Jay Crowder didn't look that great, but you should play him at the four. Like, even when mm-hmm. Kevin Love is in there, the, yeah, he, the, he can play against Kevin Love. That yeah. I can guarantee. If, if you put uh, Joe Ingles or um, Jay Crowder on Kevin Love and the Heat's offense then turns into, let's throw it to Kevin Love in the post, that's a win. I don't even care if he shoots 50% on that. That's a win because you're stopping them from running all the screens. So you just the, the idea not to go small against a team that doesn't have size was just – was just stupid, And their idea of size was Kevin Love. And again, Giannis mm-hmm. on Kevin Love is a terrible mistake because he always wants to help. Bobby Portis on Gabe Vincent in stretches of the game, or Bobby Portis on Kevin Love, again, is stupid because Bobby Portis doesn't want to stand at the three-point line. It's just mm-hmm. it's a lack of understanding what you have and where to play him. Like Javon Carter, same thing. He's undersized. You're going small anyhow. Again, if you want to put go one-on-one all the time it's a win even if the guy is cooking mm-hmm. if he's just going one-on-one and these guys are shooting I would consider it a win because
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know even though Miami shot the poop out of the ball for five games and they probably <laughs> walked against the next <laughs> And they shot like 33 percent today which you know yeah would have been a miracle just them going one-on-one I think is what you want yeah and they just refuse to do anything to force him into something not comfortable.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would I, I do want to add though, I don't think Giannis was ever really healthy. Not that that, that oh, has no. anything to do with anything, no. but you could just tell tell the way he was even shooting free throws that mm-hmm. he, you know he was thinking about his back. Like I don't know if you yeah. ever played basketball with a hurt back. Uh well, I have when I was young and dumb and shouldn't have. And like when even when you're shooting like it, it, it takes your back to do so, you know, like you bend your back. So you're thinking about your back even when you're not thinking about your back. So it was clear to me, even when he was shooting free throws, he was still in a lot of pain. And I think if Giannis Mm -hmm. was healthy uh, with that many free throws, he probably would have shot a better percentage than like 10 of 24 or whatever it was. And
1: and I don't want to use injury excuses either, but he's also got like a lingering wrist injury that kind of no one was like, I don't, didn't see too many people commenting on that. Everyone was focusing on the back, but like he missed a pretty good amount of time like the last month of the season they were arresting him because his wrist is messed up. So like, you know, there's a, there's a lot, obviously a lot of guys are beat up at this time of the year. So it is what it is, but that definitely, as far as shooting wrist and back together is not a great combination. Correct. Yeah. That
0: does a good. Then again,
1: if you had a coach that actually had a strategy instead of play fast and play random, you would say, you know what? (laughs) We could just throw it to both of our seven-footers and no one on Miami. The only guy with height Miami has is Bam, and he can't cover both Giannis and Brooke. So every time they actually went to that strategy, they just basically scored points at will, i.e. Brooke Lopez had a 36-point game. Well, let's just stop doing that and just start chucking up threes. (laughs)
0: Well, that's the thing I don't understand. Like when your offense is stagnant, like Brooke Lopez is sneaky good in the post. I, like people don't realize how because he played mm-hmm. back in the era where like post game was actually a thing back in like two thousands two thousand tens. So like if your offense is stagnant, why not just give him a couple post testers? It can't be any worse than you know, uh, Holiday doing a follow away three or you know whatever, yeah. <laughs> or, or Chris Middleton. But anyway. Let's talk about them moving forward next year. Uh, let's start with you, Clint. Uh, what's what's something you like to see them do for next year? Um,
2: minus the new coach, is I, I mean, there's not a whole ton they can do. They pretty mm-hmm. much got to bring it back together. Um, I think a key is hoping that Chris Middleton just opts in, because <laughs> if he if you have to resign him, you can't resign and trade him, because um, it hard caps you, and they're way over that um so i think you have to hope that he opts in and you can convince Giannis that it's fine to play without going forward and maybe uh um look to move him i think you have to move off of grayson allen bobby portis like i know bobby portis is loved but Mm. there's just there's too many series where you can get you can easily do away with them i mean phoenix should have been able to but phoenix Monty Williams did a Mike Boenholder in that series, but I don't know. He's just, he, he's great regular season player for you. So up and down for the playoffs and with the new CBA going in, they're going to have to shed some salary anyhow. So I think you're going to have to um, rearrange the bench to have another big, like that was their problem. Their two bigs were Giannis Brooke and. Then you had Bobby Portis, but Bud doesn't know how to use Bobby Portis or Giannis as center. So I would move, I would look to move off of a couple of those guys. I would actually keep Jay Crowder. I know he didn't look great, but maybe you could convince him to stay. And maybe a regular coach would play him as a small ball four, like you should. Um, and it, it, it's going to be hard to get younger. You kind of got to ride this out. And if you're going to make a move, you have your 28 and 29 first round unprotected picks. You can shop out there, but um, unless someone really wants to come here, <laughs> you know, like Dame Lillard, he just wants to come here. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do.
1: How,
0: mm-hmm. about, how about you, Chris? He's sort of in the same boat.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, they're, they're all getting us a little bit older. I just saw today that they were, I guess this is an old footage that I hadn't seen before, but they're talking about how Drew Holiday has already got one eye on retirement. Um, after his current contract is up. So I think that would be either after this season or maybe the next at the most. Okay, so two 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 more seasons. Okay. Um, yeah, Middleton, I love the guy. His knee is cooked. He doesn't play defense anymore. Um, obviously, he's still got some very good shot-making ability. Um, if I may, too, this is less to do with The uh, future, but you know, Charles Barkley said the year we won the championship, this is the dumbest team in the NBA, and they just keep on proving that right. I don't understand how a team full of like 10 year veterans that's already won a championship can have such bad fourth quarter decision making like just dumb passes and dumb shots. Like, you would just think that would be all out of your system. Uh, So So Middleton is part of that. They're just too in holiday. They're just too erratic in the fourth quarter. Uh, what they need is an actual point guard to handle and let drew play shooting guard and let him just do his defensive thing on the other teams, best guard. And then in the fourth quarter, you have someone that has good decision-making and won't just, you know, jack up threes and brick them (laughs) (laughs) in the playoffs. Um, how they're gonna get that? I don't know. Cause like Clint said, they they're just they don't have a lot of wiggle room. They don't have enough. They're hard capped. They don't have draft picks. So what you're gonna do? I don't know. I uh, I think moving on from Bud could be good also because he refuses to play young players in the regular season when games don't matter. Like Marjan Beauchamp was playing pretty regularly for like two months and then he just decided to stop playing them. And I don't know if Marjan is. All that good, but you have to at least know what you spent to first round traffic on and see if he is any good. Yeah, because he could be, you know, your wing three and D, a young three and D guy. But we don't know because he doesn't play him. Um, so I I would put maybe a hope on him developing, but we'll see.
0: Yeah, I think I think part of you guys like there was that rumor. I think I sent it to you, Chris. I, I think I sent it to you too, Clint, about the Houston Rockets being interested in in uh, Middleton. I feel like that could be a blessing in disguise because the Rockets seem like a dumb organization. They want, they want to bring Harden back too. And mm-hmm. Harden's going to want to win. Um, maybe either you can get like a couple young players from, from the, the Rockets um, mm-hmm. or a, a three-way sign and trade. Um, I know you said that they're hard cap, but they can make it. If, if the cap matches, they still can make a trade work. Correct. So
2: yeah, I'm just the sign and trade hard caps you. So they're already way like you would have to cut almost everyone from the bench to do a sign and
0: trade. Well, you were just talking about getting rid of them anyway. So, I mean, yeah, I just, yeah. I'm oh, not yeah.
2: saying you shouldn't do it. I just like, I think your best bet is that he opts in and then at the trade deadline, you ship him somewhere he wants to go. That, mm-hmm. you know, like the Rockets are like, oh, yeah, we didn't get James Harden, but we'll take Chris Middleton or Dallas and Dallas will give you a couple picks and,
0: you know, someone it, it, that can do something. Yeah. And it sounds like they want James Harden and Middleton. They want they want to like build like a super team. So oh, so what? God, I, that'll be a super yeah, team. Yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> so, so well, and Jalen Brown I think was the third guy. So they're, they're after these three guys I think because they want to build like a roster with them. So they're willing to trade like their young pieces and stuff. Um, but you guys want an older guy. I, I sent the idea maybe like a Bradley Beal could be interesting. Um, Mike Conley I think is a free agent. That would be an interesting veteran point guard that would be able to set up the guys where they need to be as far as like not being dumb um i was thinking too like if you can't get that guy at least get somebody who's actually a good iso player like mm-hmm. if if you make a deal so someone like uh yeah. um i was just thinking in my head like like one of the guards in chicago whether it's DeRozan or Levine. I know that they ain't the best players, but they're way they way better at ISO basketball than anybody that the the Bucks Bulls ha- Bucs have Bucks mm-hmm. um, have. getting their own shot. Um, and so anyway. I would
1: I would also say Giannis, uh, whoever his current shooting coach is, kick that guy to the curb and go back to your old, even though he was never a great shooter, get back to where you were two years ago because he regressed very badly with the jumper and the three point shot this year. Yeah. For whatever reason, I, I guess I don't know enough to say, but just get back to being competent or close to being competent at that, and
0: it'll all be gravy yeah no that's fair that's fair but yeah so there's there's some maybe a little bit of wiggle wiggle room they have i think that the most obvious change they can make though is go after nick nurse and just grab him and say hey let's win championships with the best small bile five you can ever have in the because he wanted to play siakam at five he's <laughs> like six eight so that that's the best thing they could do okay guys you ready to go on and talk about some playoff matchups okay so that that segment took a little longer than I thought it would, so we'll maybe we can kind of rapid fire a little bit quicker these the the matchup. Uh, uh, so let's go into the first one. We're going to talk about the Suns versus the Nuggets. Okay, so let me start with the questions I have, then I'll let you guys jump in with any questions or statements you want to make. And let me start with you, Chris. Uh, in this series. So uh, the game was already played full disclosure, disclosure, the nuggets beat the suns. They kind of blew them out towards the, the end of the game. Um, Clint, how worried should we be of the suns based off of not just last, last night's game, but really the series we saw with the Clippers.
2: Um, I would be quite concerned that that was alarming. We talked about it via text in the first round, you know, Paul, Booker and Durant had to play a lot of minutes just against a team that was playing a lot of backups. But I just – I don't like what I saw match matchup. I mean, Phoenix only put up five threes in the first half. They gave up 118 offensive rating in half court (laughs) in that game. And I think they have a minutes problem and a math problem Mm -hmm. against Denver because they – Denver is – obviously not going to give up those threes and phoenix doesn't run a lot of you know they're not going to run a pin down so kevin durant can get a three i mean he's he's not clay thompson he's a clay thompson level shooter but he can do other things so i think they're going to run into if booker and durant aren't going for a 40 each and making all their mid-range um i think they're going to get they might get shot out of this series relatively quick
0: yeah I think mm-hmm. I think they they have a problem so against the clippers that that game 3 and 4 that I complained so much about they had 73 free throw attempts They needed 73 free throw attempts to beat the Clippers second unit without Kawhi and without PG. So that's when I was like mainly concerned for this team, especially because of the fact that those games are close and definitely winnable by the Clippers. Even the last game, game five, they shouldn't have been close and they almost came back and won that, um, yeah. So I am too worried about them because now they actually have like actual stars that they have to go up against and they can, um, if they're letting Norman Powell go off for 42, <laughs> and like you know, Bones Highland shooting four or five from three, you know, obviously in the short amount of minutes that he plays or Westbrook going off, how, what are the chances they're actually going to stop Murray and Gordon mm-hmm. and Jokic and, Casey you know like the these just a the better set of players Chris how about mm-hmm. you how are you feeling about the Suns
1: uh yeah I'd say they're they're fairly in trouble um since I didn't see the game I'll just ask who was who was primarily guarding Murray last night they started
2: with
0: a Kogi on him. okay and then and then Craig didn't he cover him for a little bit but nobody could really stop him he was he mm-hmm. was kind of on fire yesterday so where where are they hiding Paul then it looked like – okay, so who was guarding Gordon? I didn't pay – like, I watched the whole game, but I guess I didn't watch who guard Paul guard. Did you notice I that,
2: think but? they put uh, Paul on Pope. Yeah, Pope. And they were oh, just Pope hoping, God. you know, because he's yeah. not really a dribbler, so they're trying to yeah. just hide
1: him. Yeah, okay, yeah, that that makes sense. Um Yeah, they're going to need Aiden to step up big, which I don't know if he's capable <laughs> of doing that against Jokic, although it looked like Jokic had another, that's like three bad shooting games in a row for Jokic. That's a little weird. Um, He's been like at like 35%, like three games in a row. Um, Yeah, this, this just might be a tough matchup. And then, like you said, playing the big minutes in the last series and now you have to play four games in Denver with old Chris Paul, you know, and uh, Durant. to, you know, I don't know if, him missing most of the season if his conditioning is perhaps up to par i guess we'll see as the series goes on but yeah i'd say they're definitely in trouble
0: yeah i would also say let's call it as it is there's only two superstars right now on the suns mm-hmm. chris paul is not a superstar anymore and neither is mm-hmm. Aiton. so i think mm-hmm. like i don't even know if i'd consider chris paul a star level player but he does have the basketball iq and the setting his teammates up now and and but like he just he he'll get in these these modes where he can score a lot in a row but then he'll sort of fall apart so let's go to the next question chemistry over talent is this what we are going to learn in this series chris do you think we are going to see that chemistry matters more than talent Ah, uh, well, you know, I picked the Suns to go to the finals. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, they uh, – Booker had a phenomenal series. I thought he was – I think he – I thought he was, like, oh, the best so. player of, like, the whole playoffs so far. Um, yeah. So, if he could continue to go thermonuclear, I mean, he's going to keep them in every single game and give them a shot to win. But, yes, you are right. The – now that they've played – uh 13 games with Durant. You know, typically we always see like when they put the super teams together, you know, like the LeBron, Wade, Bosch, Heat, like they were bad like the first like half of that season. It takes a good chunk of time to like really start to play well together. So it might be too soon for Phoenix against a team of this caliber. So yeah, that that's a good question. I it might be, yeah, that chemistry wins.
0: Yeah. Uh Clint, am I underestimating the st- star power on the, the Nuggets? Maybe maybe actually they have the <laughs> talent and no, the I chemistry. I was <laughs> going to say, um, chemistry, normally I would
2: not take chemistry over talent, but I think as you highlighted before, in this case, yes, the Nuggets have played together for a while, and they have a lot of good guys, and Gordon is like the perfect – he found his role finally.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> but I, I just think the Suns and – hopefully this doesn't sound like a stupid take in two weeks if Phoenix comes back and wins the series. But I just feel like what we overestimated, not just us, you, you mentioned in the other one, Chris Paul is not the Chris Paul we think he is anymore. And Booker and Durant are carrying such a load. And if Chris Paul can't have more than a couple good games in these series, their lack of depth of what they gave up in that trade, which I get you do for Kevin Durant. But if you could keep one mm-hmm. of those guys back, like Cam Johnson, uh, um, I think mm-hmm. they would – then your case for them semi-cruising to the finals, I think you would have it because you could have a, a good five-man lineup. But I just I, – when you're relying on Josh Akogi and Torrey Craig and you have to hope that mm-hmm. Torrey Craig can be four for six from three every night, um, mm-hmm. it's rough. And on nights when you don't do that and you play a good team like Denver – in elevation that's played together i mean they were setting screens and back cutting you know the pants off of the suns in that game like some of those will change they shot you know really good but i don't know in this series i i think um barring some kind of change or hopefully not an injury like i think the suns are just they might even actually be out talented overall in this series minus the top two
0: yeah yeah correct and i think like the the other thing that i um when it comes to the nuggets is they have more like defensive specialists like bruce brown kcp mm-hmm. gordon those guys can actually play really legitimate defense so you know like even uh murray is not a bad defender like and if whoever's guarding chris paul that's night to night that's going to be a rough mm-hmm. rougher chris paul um let's uh x factors real quick uh pick an x factor for us chris in the series uh i'm gonna say tory craig because Mm. tory craig played
1: like the series of his life against the clippers i don't know what his shooting percentages were but he was phenomenal and then like yeah like i said i didn't see the game last night but he had a he was one of three so he was pretty much a non-factor um if they could get anywhere sort of that production that he had the last series that could be huge
0: for them yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. I can't believe he did that last. He hit a shot like like two a second left on the shot clock in the mid-range that like you're like, that guy never takes that shot ever. How yeah. did he make it? So <laughs> uh, Clint, what do you got for X Factor?
2: I have Aiden. I mean, he played yeah. terrible in game one. There's that funny clip you've probably seen where uh Jokic drove on him, which is probably why Jokic, he, he missed like four tippins and then blew the layup anyhow, but Aiden just like was standing. Three feet away, just doing nothing for three of the misses, and then he walked back in. Like, I, I he's got to play like hard. He's he's got to run. He's got to do it. everything he can. Um, otherwise, I don't think they have a chance inside.
0: Yeah, I like I like that one. I actually had Aiden as well. I'll just throw Aaron Gordon as well. The other thing, the other factor that I think that we'll see in this series that we didn't see in the Clippers series is sort of the height differential between what the Clippers had to throw at them defensively versus what the Nuggets, like Porter 6'10", Gordon 6'9", kcp is six five brown is six four so it's you don't have a height advantage going up against eric gordon and norman powell and russell westbrook who are like all six three so it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see but eric gordon uh, I, i i like what you said uh clint is basically perfect fit for him so let's uh any other topics you guys wanted to discuss or want to pick the series okay let's pick the series I know you had the Suns going to the finals, but, you know, we get new information and we have to reevaluate, Chris. So who do you got winning this series? Let's go Nuggets and seven. Clint?
2: Nuggets and six.
0: Yeah, I had Nuggets and six as well. So uh, that's what I got. Okay, let's go to the other game that was played earlier today. Knicks, uh, the New York Knicks uh, versus the Miami Heat. Uh, the Heat won game one. Uh, Jimmy did seem to sprain his ankle, but if it, if I, you know, if you know Jimmy, he'll be out there uh, next game. So, let's uh, ask you this, Clint: as a scarred Bucks fan, do you think that Jimmy Butler can do it again? Um,
2: minus him rolling his ankle today, which he didn't look good those last five minutes. That's um, true. I, I mean, I don't think New York has anyone. I mean, they'll probably have a better plan. He, he I mean, they didn't give up fifty-six to Jimmy Butler tonight, so at least, <laughs> at least they did that. But um, I think he can do it again. I mean, he likes the big stage. I don't think New York is yeah. – uh, they're a good defensive team, but they're not overpowering by any means. Mm-hmm. You know, you, I just watched that game thinking the Bucks are so dumb. They could have just walked to the Eastern Conference Finals watching that game. But mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I, the ankle sprain makes me worried um, because if, if he's not 100%, then I do think they're in trouble. But if he's fine – then I think the Knicks are in trouble.
0: Mm-hmm. How about you, Chris? What do you think, Jimmy? Jimmy's buckets?
1: Yeah, obviously now that there's an asterisk, but going into this, I know people were like, oh, they, they expended all their energy to beat the Bucs. I don't see that at all. It was five games. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, they, they did it in the bubble playing every other day, you know. I don't see any reason. I'm terrified of Jimmy Butler. He's like the shark from Jaws. He just never stops. So I hope, you know, just for the sake of the series, I hope he's healthy. But, yeah, I, I have no reason to think he can't keep doing it.
0: All I know is when the 2K updates their roster and he's sitting at a 97 and Kawhi Leonard's still at a 92, I'm just going to be so annoyed, but <laughs> yeah, just ridiculous. Um, let me ask you this, Chris, uh, the Knicks, how important is Randall for them to win this series? Because last series, he was absolutely a no-show, yeah, <laughs> even he- when he played. So how do you think, uh, how important do you think he's going to be uh, in this series, if at all? <sighs> Yeah, I kind of sort of gut reaction
1: says not as much as you would think. Um, obviously, he's a very physical player, and I think maybe that could be big as far as, this, you know, the Heat are going to try to bully you a little bit, and he's not going to take that. But, yeah, his his offense was horrible, and obviously, you know, he's he missed this game. He was injured all last series, too, so kudos to him for gutting it out in the last series. Um. But he's so inconsistent and erratic with, like, the three-point shot that, you know, he might just go ahead and shoot them out of game. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I think they might be okay. I mean, they might have lost anyways. But, yeah, I, my gut is kind of like it's not as much as you might think.
0: Okay, what about you, Clint? What do you think?
2: Yeah. It's hard to say. Like, I am not a big Julius Randle fan. He has games where you're like, wow, this guy – it's amazing a couple of those Celtics games where he's sitting mm-hmm. step backs but I mean you, you just going through the game today and you just like I, I don't know what impact he has that that changes I mean he gives more physicality mm-hmm. so that could help but I, I think you know I think the heat would do what they did to the Bucks and put Kevin Love out there a little more and just try to shoot him shoot him out of it um so I think he could help because, I mean, Obi Toppin had a fine game today, but he's more of a just run around, catch alley-oops. Yeah. He jacked, what, 11 threes today. So yeah. he gives you that aspect. But um, in a physical series, maybe he has a place of at least, you know, enforcing it. But I'd, I don't know if he would play into Miami's hands in the half court, just doing his dribble, step back, fade away game,
0: <laughs> three <laughs> or four straight possessions. Mm -hmm. there was a game this year where randall went for 43 against the heat um now now i will say this this is what i I think is interesting so obviously mitchell robinson um not not like this season he wasn't like during the season being touted that much in the playoffs against the Cavs, when you have two seven footers and he on the other side and he's like dominating and and stuff like that it's like yeah that guy's he's valuable i'm just wondering um if they lose the the option to go small ball because even though Bam's a really good center, I like him as sort of a small ball center, you know, um, I think that it allows teams if they want to, to go small as well. And they don't really have that option without him. Because like you said, he's physical. Obi Toppin is not. He's like a hundred pound, 150 pounds soaking wet. Like he's very thin. You know, he needs to go to the gym, as we would say. (laughs) So I I almost think that Randall might have been more impactful in the series just for the option to go small ball. Now, I don't think you have that option because you don't have somebody like, you know, like six, eight. That's a physical big body. That can beat around with Bam, if that makes sense. So, mm-hmm. but it's hard to make that argument when you saw how how ineffective he was last series. And to be fair, it could be partly because of his injury. Let's just be a little fair to him. But um, yeah. Okay, X Factor. Let's go there, uh, Clint. You got X Factor for us.
2: I'm gonna go with Brunson because I think this might be a this could be a difficult series for him the way Miami is going to play him. I mean, I think what was he? Oh, for seven from three. I think he had a terrible yeah Over for 7 from 3 he still at 25 but on 23 shots so you know unlike the bucks um you know miami has a plan for him and i think he's a small guy this is where it might kind of come back to to hurt them to get a little physical with them kyle lowry can flop and run into him and fall down and they can do all their little tricks but mm-hmm. he would be my extra he's going to have to play Really good, I think, for them to pull this out.
0: Mm-hmm. It's it's funny you mentioned. Uh, just it just came to me, you know, because Brunson is a small guy. He's not like the number one you want on your team. Uh, when Miami was flaming out, and I thought they'd lose to Chicago in the playing game, I'm like, Butler should go to New York. Like that's a good spot for him. And now it's like now they're playing New York. Uh, X factor for you, Chris.
1: Uh, I'm going to say Emmanuel quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a top. I think he finished in the top three in six man of the year voting. Um, he had a kind of a non-factor in the Cleveland series, and then he was three of nine today. Um, he can't get outplayed by Gabe Vincent. <laughs> if you're, I know Gabe Vincent is starting and Quickly's off the bench, but quickly was a huge spark for them during the regular season. He would come in and have instant offense, and he can't continue to no-show this series. So that, that's my choice.
0: Yeah, that's a good one, too. I like that one. I I was actually going to go with the sort of like a a group, like the shooting of the heat. If they can continue to shoot the way they did against the Bucks, I think they'll win. So like Gabe Vincent, um, Max Struess, Duncan Robinson coming off the bench. If that shooting continues, I just don't think that I think the heat are going to win, you know, but Obviously I think that the Knicks have a better coach, so they'll, they'll, probably, they'll, they'll, they won't let him shoot all that, that well. But I think that the shooting sort of that, especially Gabe Vincent, he like walked up today even and hit a big three towards the end of the game. I'm like, where does this guy come from? Gabe Vincent, once again, uh, Kyle mm-hmm. Lowry too. Like he was just, was a nice, yeah, yeah. He, he like made a smart, like just the experience on the court. There was a time where, where, um, uh, I think Vincent got trapped. It was him or Struess, And he like called the timeout right away in the half court, just the smart know-how knowing that they had two timeouts to use. So th- those are a couple of my, the shooting and, and, and Lowry, th- those two are my X factors. Go ahead, Clint.
2: Just quick thing in the uh, Mike Budenholzer school of not playing random. Um, after Butler got hurt, the Knicks had 12 possessions and they didn't go after Jimmy Butler. Yes. Once. Yep. They kept running the screens, you know, I, yep. RJ Barrett had him and he set a screen to get Jimmy Butler off. And you're like, this dude is like jogging up the court. So let's just let him mm-hmm. stand in the corner. Just yeah. those that was little bad. dumb things that I hate that teams yeah. do.
0: Okay. Yeah. I, I 100% agree. But how much is it the affection that Tibbs has for Jimmy Butler for playing against him? <laughs> yeah. He didn't want to make Jimmy respect. look bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay let's pick this series guys um uh, clint what, what do you got for this series
2: assuming his ankle isn't too bad i, I kind of think maybe they'll sit him for the next game because there's three games off before they play again in miami uh, assuming it's not bad and he can I, I would pick miami in six
0: miami six okay C- chris
1: uh i kind of
0: i kind of agree there miami in six. Oh man okay so i'm gonna be fair to my prediction before i saw the game yesterday <laughs> i was gonna pick new york in seven just simply because of home court um and i thought the teams are sort of evenly match um so i had the the Knicks in seven uh if i could change it i'd probably be with you guys but i'm gonna be fair to the the process in which uh, <laughs> we picked the games uh that's what i had the nuggets too just so everybody knows i didn't watch the game yesterday i'm like nuggets are gonna win in six that's my prediction so let's go to the celtics and 76ers so let's just talk about the big elephant in this game Embiid injury once again uh can chris can the 76ers survive an Embiid injury even him playing at 80 percent uh no no. Okay. That's a simple, what do you think? <laughs> no,
2: I, I didn't think they had much of a chance with him healthy in this series. And if he's going to miss a couple games or attempt to play and not be able to run, I mean, it's probably worse if he attempts to play and can't run because the Celtics will just go small and run. So, um, God, uh, it's not good.
0: <laughs> We're going to find out he had a torn meniscus as well. He's not going to play this yeah. series. It's probably what's going to happen. Um, yeah which coach do you trust more? Let's, let's go. there. I, I, I think both these coaches are kind of like, uh, so uh, let's start with you on this one, Chris, which coach, uh, let's start with Clint actually. What do you trust? Who do you trust more here? I think
2: if Embiid doesn't play, I would trust Doc Rivers more because I think when his stars don't play or are injured, he is much more willing to just throw stuff at the wall and he'll mm-hmm. just pull out all the stops. If Embiid plays, then I don't trust him because it's hard to, I mean, it's hard to just tell your best player, actually, we're probably better if you just don't play in the second round of the playoffs. Uh, but if all things were even and everyone was healthy, I would still trust the Celtics coach because I, I think the players would just override him <laughs> to a degree, kind of like mm-hmm. the, the Bucks did when they won a title is just be like, yeah, we heard what he said, but we're just we're just going to switch everything here.
0: Mm-hmm. How do you feel, Uh Chris about the head coaches, which, which one do you trust more?
1: Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I didn't watch a ton of the Boston series. Cause I just kind of like that, that was kind of a given. Um, I just know that people have been very upset. Bill Simmons said was uh, losing it that the game five, when the Hawks came back, um, he keeps playing. They all the Boston fans want Marcus smart off the floor. <laughs> in crunch time and he just keeps deferring to him i guess as the veteran um but yeah as much as crap as we give doc he's still been around a long time missoula is a rookie coach so i guess just kind of by default i'll go doc
0: yeah it was hard for me to pick too i don't trust either one of them like you said one's a Mm -hmm. rookie who doesn't know how to you know go with the the lineup that that works best for them at the moment and and then Mm -hmm. uh The other one has just been, you know, a you know, not a failure because he won a title Uh, Mm -hmm. respect doc rivers, but yeah, he, he definitely like for better or worse will lean on his players that he shouldn't like when he did with Montrose Harold and and Perkins and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm going to, I'll say doc for experience, but that's it. That's the only reason why I'm going to pick doc. Uh, Although um, I don't know how it much it's going to matter in this series. If Embiid's injured, Mm um x factors let's start with you chris who's your x factor in this game series, uh, I'm
1: sorry. Say, counting on uh Embiid being injured how about b-ball paul uh he's been playing very well paul reed um now can he play with you know the nets was a, that was a silly series <laughs> so if he's got to play starter minutes against a much better team could he continue that i kind of doubt it but that's why he's the x factor
2: Okay, I like that one. How about you, uh, Clint? That was my original one because I think um, his energy, effort, athleticism could be very important against the Celtics. Especially, I think it might throw him, especially if Embiid doesn't play and the Celtics might not have taken mm. that net series very seriously, the tape of it. Otherwise, my second choice would be Maxi. I think they're going to need a huge series out mm. of Maxi. Um, and it's a, it's tough against the Celtics because they have good defensive guards, but they're going to need him because I think Harden is going to get just roasted in this <laughs> series
0: mm-hmm. with the size. Yeah, it's funny because I had that same order, but I'm going to go to my third guy then and say Tobias Harris. Uh, let's get let's get mm-hmm. that money, man. I mean, like <laughs> uh, uh, if you because he's going to be now either the second or third option on offense. Uh, so let's uh, let's show him why you got paid over Jimmy Butler. Um, on the 76ers and let's get some mm-hmm. let's show him like he's gonna have to guard Tatum or Brown and he's gonna have to put up points and he's the the you know he's their height so to speak versus like someone like Maxi who's a little shorter so yeah Tobias mm-hmm. Harris is my third on that so uh let's pick the series anything else first do you want to talk about this series I just want to pick it let's pick it okay uh, uh, is Harden
1: uh, gonna be in shape or is he you know He's pulling the Odell Beckham and going on vacation before the playoffs.
0: Oh, did you too- see that video? Like, I guess it I heard him about the v- video, like slapping a guy in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, it just he's
1: he's just an unserious person. He's an unserious player. That's why you, I can't stand him.
0: Yeah, if you're the 76ers, you let him go back to Houston, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're just like, hey, can we get Jabari Smith back in a yeah. sign trade <laughs> or something like that? Can we just get <laughs> – yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, let's pick the series, Chris. What do you got? Celtics in a gentleman's sweep, uh, Clint, I would agree. I'm on the same page. Okay. Let's go to the last one. We found out this this uh, afternoon, obviously, the Warriors beat the the Kings, the Los Angeles Lakers Warriors. By the way, did you guys know that this is the first time in NBA history since the playoffs started where there's a one, two, three, four, mm. five, six, seventh, and eighth seed that is participating oh. in the playoffs right now in the second round? Oh. Did you guys did know, that? know that. Yeah. As a Bucks fan, you're Very welcome. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome, history books. You guys made history. Just yeah. think of that. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, uh, let's uh, start with you, Clint, on this one. Can LeBron coast in this series? So let me set up this question. You might be like, "Why, Ryan, have this question?" <laughs> he coasted a lot in the last series. Like he, it was so funny watching him watch Rui and. Um, mm-hmm russell and um reeves just like they would take three four possessions in a row and lebron would be just sitting there in the corner like ready for the catch and shoot or whatever he just like took time off he coasted that series um so what do you think do you think he can coast in this series against the warriors Clint? i do not
2: especially with andrew wiggins back i think um Mm -hmm. i mean there i guess there could be small stretches where he could but i the war the warriors do run so much stuff and there's so much moving around um him and ad does it he has some games where you wonder if he knew the game was that night so they're gonna have to be locked in for all whatever however many games this goes
1: what about you chris Um, Yeah, I just was looking at the stats. I didn't realize he had, um, well, he shot 20% on three-pointers. So his his true shooting percentage and his effective field goal percentage are below league average for that series, which just kind of ties into now saying this, Anthony Davis also had like below average shooting in that series, but the kind of dirty little secret of the Lakers ever since like the bubble season is that Anthony Davis is the true best player on the Lakers. I sort of think obviously LeBron, they kind of go as LeBron goes, but Anthony Davis is the key that makes it all work. So my point in saying that is LeBron can't have a below average (laughs) offensive series to beat the Warriors. So no, he will not be able to coast and he will have to give effort on defense
0: that that's uh both good points uh especially the defense i think like you both you know the defense and like you mentioned clint they're going to be like rolling off screens always moving he can't just sit there and do nothing so yeah he's he can't he's not going to be able to post so uh let's ask it this way i have i have the question will the team that controls the pace win let me ask you this does it matter who controls the pace in this series or let's start with you chris
1: I don't think so because the they slowed down. Now, some of these games are more fast-paced than the others, but I think we all expected a super fast-paced high-scoring series, the Warriors and the Kings, and they kind of slowed down Sacramento. So I think Golden State is fine playing more half-court against L.A.
0: Yeah, what do you think, Clint?
2: Well, my brain, my, my brain tells me, yes, the Warriors should speed it up, but they, they are both older teams the Warriors looked pretty dead in game six. Like they looked like they were showing some of it, but there's a short turnaround and they looked fine today. Mm -hmm. But I do think getting Anthony Davis out and running and LeBron using the effort, I I think the pace will come down to, um, I know this sounds so basic, but shooting percentage, like if the Lakers are just brick and shots, the Warriors are going to run off of misses like that. Um, So the Lakers need to be, I think the Lakers need to be methodical and put the ball in the hole so, so that the Warriors have to slow it down some. Not that the Warriors are just going to try to sprint up and down the court like the Kings wanted to, but I do think if if it gets ugly and there's a lot of missed shots, I do think it can get away from the Lakers because um, some of the matchups, um, the Lakers aren't always attentive off ball. And when you got Clay, Clay Thompson and Steph Curry and Draymond Green setting 37 moving screens that aren't called, like all that stuff, it's going to lead to disaster, especially in Bournemouth.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it means more for the Lakers than it does for, because I feel like the Warriors can play either style. Like obviously mm-hmm. we saw Seth, Seth um, Steph Curry today, like just ha- go ham on the Kings, like half court, even in the half court, he was getting anything he wanted. I just don't know. Even, even LeBron at this age, if he can just like, do what he wants to do, especially going up against, he's probably going to go up against green or Wiggins. And I just don't see him having his way with him. Like he, they, he did Xavier Tillman or Dylan Brooks, you know? So I, I do think it matters a little bit more for the Lakers that they control the pace instead of and make their shots and, and push when they can and slow it down when they have to versus like the warriors. I think the warriors can adapt to either way. So um, let's go with X factors. Who's your X factor in this series, Clint?
2: Uh, I put Looney. I think he's going (laughs) to need to um, be able to stay on the court. I think they're going to need him against Davis. They're going to (laughs) need him for rebounding because I think Draymond Green can play Davis and stretches, but as much as Wiggins has the quickness, I think in a series where LeBron is trying to conserve energy, um, if Looney can't play, um, then I think LeBron is going to try to get inside, get in the post bully ball it but if you can get draymond green on lebron and looney on davis and it it works for those minutes i think he's a key they need him to uh at least be a. I you know, i mean i don't think he's going to be will chamberlain 20 rebound games like he just was against the kings but just to stay out there for the minutes that he needs to be
0: yeah i i like that one how about you chris um let's go
1: just as an x factor let's say maybe the uh the second unit for the Warriors. Um, obviously, the starters are going to play. You know, this this game will series will more be decided by the starters. But the Lakers really revitalized their bench over the course of the season. You, so they had Rui Hachimura playing incredible this last series. Um, you know, shooter shooter is up and down. He didn't have much of a series. But how are those guys going to match up against? Pool, Dante, Gary Payton, throwing a little – they played Moody 15 minutes today. I guess maybe that was one of Kerr's uh, wrinkles that he was hyping before the game. But how are those guys – are they going to be any factor at all against the Lakers' second unit?
0: Yeah, that's a good one. I like that one. I'm going to go with one of the obvious ones I think is AD to me like i think uh you said that he's, he's he's sneakily their best player i do notice that depending on his stats you can kind of guess how the games of the lakers now sometimes you can be surprised but for the most part if uh is engaged the lakers have a way better chance of winning than if like mm-hmm. uh if the if ad is like just going through the motions if he's not engaged mm-hmm. if he gets frustrated if he stops working so i think i think the lakers go even though lebron's kind of the motor they kind of go as ad does if ad's playing hot he's playing good it's the lakers are going to be fine as far as competitive mm-hmm. but if he's not i think the warriors are going to kind of run away with those games and i think part of that
1: um this might be a tough series now obviously ad has the speed and athleticism to chase guys outside of the paint but I thought he had one of the more dominant paint defense uh, series I'd seen in a while I mean he just absolutely shut everything down uh, he had four blocks a game which I didn't know um, I mean you could tell I guess by the eye test he had a lot of blocks but that was a good series for him because Jaron Jackson and uh, Tillman they want to be paint players and they, were, they just didn't have a prayer but Golden state doesn't need to, I mean, they're not throwing it into Looney and trying to score inside. So now he's going to have to like come out and chase people around the perimeter. So that might, you know, it might not be quite the defensive series that he had uh, last series.
0: Yeah. It's going to be more challenging because like, you know, he didn't even have to guard Dylan Brooks. There was times they just all left Dylan Brooks wide open and he would air ball three, like by 15 feet but yeah in this series you're not going to be able to do that and the the amount like uh, clinton said the amount of screens that they set if ad isn't playing up on the screener you're just going to give pool curry or clay a wide open three and you can't do that either so mm-hmm. yeah we'll, we'll see how that works so uh anything else you want to talk about when it comes to the series guys or ready to pick it okay let's pick it clinton who do you got in this series
2: I think the Warriors are going to win. I'm trying to decide between 6 and 7 cuz I I don't know how much the NBA is going to want to milk out of this. Like I think we're going to have like one of these games where the Warriors are going to get every call and then there's going to like a game where LeBron or AD shoots 20 free throws and mm-hmm. um but I, I I'm going to go with Warriors
1: in 6. Okay, Chris. I'm also going Warriors in
0: 6. Yeah, I was going to be the funny one and say how many, however many the NBA wants. Was i was going to say, <laughs> um, I, I just hope if it's if it's officiated sort of like fairly, I almost think Warriors in five. I just think that Memphis is sort of fool's goal that gave us this perception of the Lakers that I just don't think the Lakers are yeah. are as good as they looked. And mm-hmm. um I think it's because Memphis was a two seed, but they really could have been the seventh seed with their roster and the way that they played. So I am going to go, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I'm going to say warriors in six as well, but I really want to say warriors in five Uh because I, I just, I just think they played a harder series too. I think they're ready for this type of atmosphere. Yeah. You know, the Kings were a much better team than Memphis was. So. Yeah. So I
1: think Curry is going to turn Russell and Reeves and Schroeder into absolute food.
0: <laughs> well, I, like, yeah, they don't. Yeah. I, I mean, even Poole like I, he's not yeah. a good defender, but he's just, he got yeah. the dribble moves to get where he wants to go. So. Yeah. Okay. Guys, anything else? Okay I don't think so. Perfect. Okay. I, I, I could, would be nice and give you guys a, one last opportunity to change your finals predictions, but I <laughs> had the clippers going so I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm in the same boat. and we got the clippers in the box so. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Hey, okay at least I at least I was the pessimist and I stayed away from the box. I picked the Celtics. So So real quick I guess I, who, who would you have now, Chris Just off after round one.
1: Uh, I still don't necessarily trust Denver. I, I know I picked them to win that series. I still don't 100% trust Denver. I thought they kind of played around with Minnesota a little more than they needed to. So I'm going to say Golden State-Boston rematch. Okay. Clint? Um, I will go with um,
2: Celtics-Nuggets.
0: Uh, mm, okay. Yeah, I'm kind of with Chris. I think it's going to be a rematch, the Celtics and the, the Warriors. But yeah, we'll I, I don't want the Celtics to win.
2: <laughs> now I'm oh. just looking for it. Like, all right, a lot yeah. the teams left. Yeah, I don't hate Denver, so
1: <laughs> yeah. So
2: let's go. De- I don't hate the Warriors either. I don't like Draymond, but I yeah. wouldn't mind it if it was the the Warriors no. again. But
1: no, yeah. I, if I have to go for rooting, I want whoever wins this Miami New York series. Like, you know, I don't hate. Usually, I don't root for teams that beat my team in the playoffs, but just. Kudos to Miami. You expose the Bucks, so I don't care if they go. I just hate Boston, Philly. So go Miami or go New New York. I don't care either one of those teams.
0: Yeah, I think the NBA has got to sort of fix the 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 playoff seeding in a sense of like letting the the like. Wouldn't you guys have rather placed play against like the Cavs in the first round, (laughs) like any other team than the Heat? I mean, Clip was feeling pretty confident, but uh, the rest of us were like, "Come on, the Heat." But anyway, okay. (laughs) why don't we we stop it here guys thanks so much for joining me uh we will do a round three when we get there we'll recap round two and go into round three when we get there uh thank you all for listening if you haven't yet follow me on instagram at not underscore sports that's when i show i drop podcasts and also follow our youtube channel not sports uh thanks again for listening i hope you guys enjoyed and we will talk to you guys soon